Hello, everybody. This is Coach Bala here, coming to you on the 30th of January, 2023. It's a Monday, but early in the morning on Monday, I had uh, come back from yet another trip late yesterday evening and uh, went to sleep. And then thanks to jet lag, I'm up early in the morning. So thought might as well use this time to connect with all of you. I know I'm coming uh, this weekend message a day late. Apologies for that. I was traveling. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, what some messages I wanted to give you for this weekend. So first thing is, um, along with this message, we will be releasing, as I had explained to you in the last message, we will be releasing what we call it as a metrics dash. So metrics dash is really uh, what it is. What it is, is a coach is looking at your uh, first meso cycle which was a three-week meso cycle that got over a week earlier. And uh, looking at how you have done through the lens of the three key parameters that we are trying to, uh, you know, imbibe in all of you, which is commitment, which is resilience, and then having fun. If all of these three things come together, then we see normally a pattern of folks doing every... Um, you know, recommended training element, they do everything correctly and on time. So we measure that and we provide you as a feedback. At the end of the day, feedback is a mechanism through which we um, deliver our training to all of you. And we believe that if you act on those feedback, then you would become better and better runner and hopefully a better and better human being as well. So that's what Metrics Dash is. So uh, the link that we would be giving you shortly along with this message, please click on that. You should be signed in on the website. It's it's um, located on our website, a separate page called the metrics dash page, where you can choose your coach and your name under that coach. And you will be able to see the metrics for your first week, first MISO performance. So we provide you two metrics. One is a quantitative metric that essentially provides you a score, a quantitative number, that between one and five. Five is the absolute best. You've not missed anything. And four is also great, just that you might have missed a few things. And then it's a three and then two and then uh, less than two. So the way you should understand that is anything about three, 3.5 and above, you are on track. You're doing a great job. Yes, you might have missed a couple of runs, a couple of uh, strength workouts. But if you're above 3.5, you are on track. You're doing well. You need to continue to do that and try to see if you can improve the score. That's really what it is. That's the feedback you want to give you. If you're a five or a 4.5 and five, 4.5 and above and say five, you are literally walking on water. That means you're doing a fantastic job. You have figured out how to prioritize this over other things in life. And you've, you've had, you, you planned your work and you work your plan. That's what it matters. So continue to do that. You are inspiring so many of us. So this, this MISO, it's the first time, the first MISO. So it'll provide you just one MISO score. But as you move forward to other MISOs, we'll not only provide you what your MISO score was, let's say in the second MISO, we'll provide you what you, how you performed on second MISO, but we'll also provide you a cumulative score that includes MISO 1 and MISO 2. So let's say if you're a 5 cumulatively at the end of second MISO, that means here to 4, whichever week's, that MISO represents, let's say, if it is MISO 2, then the first six weeks of training, you have not missed anything. 
So that's really what uh, uh, this metric stash is about. So you can imagine at the end of the season, so there, there will be folks who have done a fight auto for the entire season. That means they've not missed a single thing for the entire season. And uh, as you probably would have heard and seen, if not, please go and see it. Um, I've had a podcast release last week where I interviewed a couple of runners who have miso not only for the uh, who have a fight auto not only for the entire season but multiple seasons. That means they have not missed anything for multiple seasons. So there's a lot we can learn from them. Those inspiring runners. So that's one metric, quantitative metric. I also provide you a we also provide you a qualitative metric. That means just to give you an idea of like a tweet length uh, feedback on how your miso went. Uh, please go through it. There's always uh, something that you can learn and improve on and focus on. And uh, we ask you to take this feedback in the right spirit and work through it. Now, feedback comes in both ways. So we give you feedback on your runs and we as coaches expect you to get some feedback from you as well. So till last season, we waited till the end of the season and we created a survey and where runners will provide their feedback based on their experience for the entire season and we as coaches uh, collect all of that, anonymize it, especially I anonymize all of it and, and create some themes for individual coaches as well as for the entire runners high group. And we try to implement it. And you will see many of the changes that you saw this season is a function of some of the feedback we got. For example, uh, having just one weekend video as opposed to three small short video messages was one feedback we got, which made sense. And, you know, you see what we're doing right now. So things like that. So help us to be better, uh, be objective, be fair, and give us your feedback. That was what it was till last season. Now this season, we want to do something different. Uh, keep improving, basically, right? So getting those feedback at the end of the week was great. End of the season was great. But then, you know, the season is already over. There is no mid-season correction. We can only do it the next season. So why not we do this mid-season, a quick and dirty feedback, something like Uber. Those of you would have used Uber, you finish a Uber ride and then before you take on the next uh, ride, you get a small feedback that you need to give, right? Uh, a short feedback that you can provide to your driver and the driver can provide to you. Similar concept we have uh, we have executed. So when you go to the metric stash, the link, the first thing is there will be an overlay sheet that asks you for a quick, uh, you know, um, feedback on how is it going on a scale of one to five in terms of your coach. How is your coach doing? If your coach is doing really good, then are you like the question essentially is sort of a net promoter score kind of a question, which is on a scale of one to five, normally it's one to 10, but this time just to make it simple, we made it one to five. So essential question is how likely are you to, to, uh, uh, to recommend your coach to say your friends, very likely to least likely. That's the rating. So you choose one. So that gives a quick quick and dirty score. And then we also have an optional qualitative in, uh, input. If there is something you want to say, a uh, tweet length, that will be great. Uh, very well received. That gift will be taken. Feedback is a gift. So we will take that gift with a smiling face and we'll try to act on it. So please provide us the gift of your feedback. And we will do this every MISO when we release the metric stash. In that way, we get in-season feedback that we can use to improve on our uh, performance and our delivery to you. And in that way, it becomes a, a good uh, synergistic sort of relationship between the two of us, runners and the coaches. Uh, so that's what it is, guys. Looking forward to hearing from you as well as please go through the metrics dash. Um, so that's that. Uh, in terms of uh, the another thing I wanted to talk to you about is this notion of run slow to run fast. So um, 
you know, when you keep running, many coaches will say, hey, that's good, but why don't you slow it down? Slow down, slow down. We ask you to slow down, especially when you're in CP, we ask you to control the heart rate and slow it down. Um, some of you might be thinking, hey, why are you always asking me to slow down? Isn't this the entire goal is to be better and actually move faster? You know, try to get a better uh, race result, uh, better PR, as opposed to if you ask me to constantly run slow, how will I ever run fast? You know, I'm sure some of you will have those questions. And I wanted to make sure you understand the philosophy and the logic behind we asking you to slow down, especially in your CP runs. So step back. What are we trying to do here? We are trying to build a very strong base, right? That's really what we're trying to uh, do. And if you have a very strong base, our goal is come race day, let's say it's a half marathon, 5K, 10K, whatever race. We want to make sure that you finish that race in the shortest time possible. Let's take an example of a half marathon. So we want to make sure that you want to finish the half marathon in, let's say, two hours, 30 minutes, shortest time possible. Now, this two hours, 30 minutes is the total time that we're shooting for, isn't it? We, what difference will it make if you rush out of the starting line at full speed and by mile 10, you're done with everything. You've got all the energy is lost. And the last three miles is somehow stutter to get to two hours, 30 minutes. How about you start very slowly and you slowly pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. And then come the last three miles, go hammer on tongs on it and still finish two hours, 30 minutes. It doesn't, there's no difference to these two, isn't it? Both are exactly the same. Our goal is two hours, 30 minutes. But what I'm trying to tell you is, if you are able to control the release of your energy in the initial part of your race, the probability of you hitting two hours, 30 minutes is a lot higher in the second option than in the first option, where you've already, you know, all your juices are done. You don't have much energy left and you somehow finish it. In fact, that's what people say. Races are made or broken in the last part of the race. The last three miles of a half marathon, the last six miles of a full marathon, that is when the timing is made of, uh, or, or broken. So if you do really well for the first 30, 10 miles or the first 20 miles and the last three or six miles and a half for a full marathon, you let it go, then your timing uh, is not going to be good. And I've experienced it myself, guys, multiple times. I've done about 11 full marathons now. And the first two or three full marathons, I was not very clear about this logic. So when I had the energy, I used to run fast. I used to think, you know, now I have the energy, let me run fast, put some timing on my bank and I have to get, uh, I will lose energy at some point. At that time, this extra time that I built will help me to sort of buffer it. That was my thought process. But really what happened was when I ran too fast initially, I got so exhausted or my body became so exhausted because it was running in the anaerobic zone for a, quite some time cramping and all that started that it, instead of running at a slower pace in the last five six miles i was literally not able to run only i was literally walking you know if you see some of my earlier full marathons you will see that for the first 10 miles i was running at a you know in a 10 minute mile 10 to 20 i was running at like a 12 minute mile and then 20 to 26 i could not do even 20 minute mile i was just walking couldn't like it was just really bad 
So overall, it was pretty bad timing as a result. As opposed to running at 11.30 for the first 15 miles and then 11.15 from 15 to 20 miles and then somehow try to make the 11-minute mile in the last six miles and I was having a fantastic uh, outcome. That's really what we are trying to do. So in the way you, you understand this, you know, the way you understand this, run slow initially so that you can run fast later overall. The way you understand this is think about, let us say you're beginning to go for a run. And the aerobic energy, the aerobic energy is the ability of your heart and lungs to provide you the energy that is needed to power your run. You have a certain amount of aerobic energy. Let's assume that uh, if you can imagine that aerobic energy is filled in this balloon, fully filled balloon. Okay. So whatever is there, the air and uh, energy that is inside the balloon is what is available to you when you have to use this to sort of, you know, finish the run. Now, when you, like your job is to release the opening of the balloon so that the air is coming out of the balloon for as long as possible, because that's what a marathon is about, right? So you're called slowly releasing this air and this energy out of the balloon. So you're constraining the, out, the output of the balloon so that you're able to release it. If you just let it go, then the, the entire air will just come out of it. Full speed, shh, it'll come out of it. And then after two minutes, that's it. There's no air remaining. Or in other words, after a couple of miles, you don't have any energy. So that's not what you want. You want to make sure that you're releasing it in such a way that the air is there till for a very long time and hopefully till the end of the race, the air is there. That's the sort of the picture you want to have. So what you need to do, you need to constrain the output of the, the balloon in such a way that you constrain it and allow the air to come out. It's flowing as opposed to right? And it's coming constant, steady, and for a very long time or as long as you can go through. That is what you're trying to do in your body. You have all these aerobic energy at the start of the run. And you are purposely trying to control the release of this aerobic energy so that you are able to extend this uh, energy release for as long as possible. And hopefully the time of energy release is longer than the actual time needed for finishing the race. That is what the ideal, right? So that's what we're trying to do. That's why when we see your runs, when we see, let's say you do a four mile run and I see that you have the first mile at a 10 minute, second mile is at 11 minute, third mile is 12 minute, fourth mile is 13 minutes. Let's say that was how you finish the four miles. We say that, hey, let's not do that. Try to make your first mile the slowest. When I ask you to make the first mile the slowest, what we are asking you to do is you are controlling the release of your energy in the first mile so that you can extend the release of this energy for a long period of time. That's really what we're trying to do. So that's why run slow right now, initially. When you run slow initially, your body is in an aerobic zone. That means your body has got excess oxygen. Because it's an excess oxygen, the byproducts of running the, the waste products of running. Your body has enough time to remove the waste products of running. Because it is able to remove the waste products of running from the muscles, your ability for your body to sustain that activity for a long time is still holds true. Or in other words, there is no um, cramping and that type of stuff happens. So because you're running slow, your waste products are removed from your body in time 
or there is no accumulation of waste pro- waste products of running and as a result you are able to maintain that activity for a longer period of time and because you are able to maintain that activity for a longer period of time your overall time for that activity is actually less or in other words you are running faster overall that's why you run slow to run fast this is sort of the one way of looking at this running slow to running fast the another way of looking at it is over a period of the season when you start running slow at the beginning of the season you are also allowing the body to develop in a aerobic zone so as you develop more and more every successive run the definition of running slow is actually going up what i mean by that is in the first meso running slow for you would be in a in a heart rate that we like let's say it is at 14 minute a mile in meso 2 running slow would mean 30 minute a mile in meso 3 running slow would be at 12 minute a mile and uh, maybe by race day you are at 11 minute a mile or in other words what you have done is by constantly focusing on running slow always the base of slow itself is going up you know that is what is running slow now to run fast later comes if you do not run slow now the base is not building because your body is in a state of shock all the time so it's not actually developing because you're running in anaerobic zone that's why guys this running slow is a very powerful concept even within the race day from the construct of within the race day that i explained to you how running slow in the initial miles will help you to sustain the aerobic energy you have the energy resources you have for the entire run that's also going to help you for the overall timing but running slow now always running slow during the long runs and cp runs will effectively enhance the base of your running slow timing and as a result you actually get faster over time so that's what i want you all to think about i hope uh, you know this makes sense think about it next time you are on the cp run keep this in mind um so in summary guys metrics dash will be released shortly take a look at it please give us the gift of your feedback while accepting our feedback let's keep putting that one step forward keep improving on us give us the feedback live feedback we will work on improving on it as well uh, and then let's run slow to run fast maintain as well as conserve the aerobic energy you have for a long period of time thank you guys enjoy the week and let's keep running